what's up? It is six o'clock on Sunday, so you know what that means. It is office hours with Kate Lumpkin. Um, I'm here. For those of you who haven't watched office hours before, this is a time where I'm here for an hour to take any questions that you might have about the industry or about your life or anything, um, but mostly industry-related questions. I will take them um, and try to answer them to the best of my abilities. I like to remind everybody that uh, I can only answer questions based on my experiences in different offices and in my office. Um, so if what I'm saying doesn't resonate with you, if, if it's not something that's matching uh, what you believe in or it just doesn't make sense to you, don't listen to me. Find somebody else, find another coach. But I'm here and I am a free resource for you. So um, let me know you're here. Leave me a comment, say hey. Uh, I love to know who's with me and, and who's gonna join us for the next hour. Um, hi. Hi friends. Um, so if you have any questions for me, please feel free to leave them in the comments below. I hope some of you are new friends. I visited um, Interlochen this past week and I met with a lot of incredible students. So I hope some of you are here watching this. Um, you'll notice I'm wearing the exact same outfit I wore when I taught your class this past week. You're welcome. Um, I promise I own other clothes as well. But here I am, I will take any of your questions. So uh, please feel free to leave them below. It looks like I just got one. Oh, hey Kate, oh hi, it's so good that you're here. Um, so I like to start every week by talking about something that uh, happened in a coaching or in a personal experience that I had with somebody else uh, over the week. And so I wanted to talk a little bit today about follow through and investment in yourself uh, before I start taking some questions. And I have some questions that people have already asked that I'm going to get to pretty immediately. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about this problem that I see keeping, keep, that keeps popping up amongst lots of my clients and amongst a lot of people in our community, which is this sincere lack of follow through. Um, a lot of people have ideas, a lot of really good ideas. A lot of people are excited about reaching out to people and starting things. Um, people come to me and they're like, Kate, I'm not getting where I want to be in my career. And I'm like, okay, well, what do you do better than anybody else? Let's talk through it and let's figure out a way for you to get to do that thing in a way that you control. And so a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm going to write a script. Or like, yeah, I have something that I want for you to read or whatever. And then there's absolutely no follow through. Let me just reiterate right now. It is not enough to have a great idea unless you are willing to do the work to share it, right? So like, it's not enough to be so excited that you have this script that you're dying to write and then not write it and then wonder why things aren't happening for you. Look, if you know that you need some sort of control over your career, if there is something that is lacking that you feel like uh, you wish that you could like grab it by the reins and move yourself forward, it's not enough to have that desire and then to have an idea. You actually have to activate. You have to sit down and look at that white blank page and write something. Or you have to rent a studio, call Pearl, go online, rent a studio, and like start working on that dance piece you're talking about. If you want to be a blogger and you think that's going to help you, then you have to come up with the idea for the blog and then you have to execute and then you have to keep doing the work. That's the other thing is sometimes people will start doing the work. Right, they'll have the great idea, they'll start the blog, they'll start writing, they'll start you know, creating the dance piece, and then it just kind of fades away. So it's this thing of follow through is the most important skill that I believe you have to have as an artist. Now, people get busy, things happen, people book shows, people you know, do all sorts of things, people get married, people go visit, whatever. You have to follow through. That means you have to finish the work. Or if you're working with a partner and you're not following through with something, there has to be accountability on all sides of all coins. A lot of people get their toes dipped into a lot of things, myself included. I have a very hard time saying no, so I say yes to a lot of things. I have a lot of ideas. I try to get partners involved. I need people to hold me accountable just like I need to hold other people accountable. We are all creatives in this industry together, and if we want to move forward progressively as like a young, amazing unit of creative talent, we have to follow through. And I cannot tell you how many clients that I have that are repeat clients who are like, it's just not hitting. And I'm like, well, what have you done? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. Like, you have to follow through. I don't know how many more times I can say it, but it's true no matter how many times I say it, especially if you're working with a partner. 
Also, if you are working with a partner and they are not pulling their weight, you need to be the one to hold them accountable, right? They're probably not going to hold themselves accountable. I'll speak for my truth. There are some times where I'm working on a project and it's like not my top, top, top priority. It's like lower on the totem pole and I got to get to stuff first. Um, if someone needs, if, if it's the other person's number one top priority, you need to reach out and say like, please keep up your end of the bargain. Here's a deadline for me, right? Like learn what your partner needs in order to get stuff done and then ask them to do it and hound them and make it, make it work. Or if your partner is dead weight, let it go but honor their contribution to the project. I will say that. So that's just my little nugget of wisdom, my nugget of awesome for the start of my office hours this week. Um, it's very, very important to follow through. Um, okay. Yes, honey. Yes. She just said, things start happening when you are active 100%. I could not agree with you more. You 100% become activated and everything starts happening when you are giving 100, 1,000, 1 million percent of your time to the thing that you love and to things that you've promised you're going to get done. Um, it's just true. It's just real life. Uh, hey boys at Afterglow, we, I love you too. I'm so glad that um, you're watching. I just think you guys are the bee's knees. If you have not seen Afterglow, it is a play that I cast off-Broadway that is at the Davenport Theater starring some great men um, and it's a wonderful show so you should buy tickets and go see it. Um, so right before I get to questions, which again, if anybody has questions, please feel free to put them in the box below. I would love to answer them. I do just want to say that I am having an audition workshop in New York on the 22nd of August. That is the 22nd, 2-2 of August. It will be hosted by the wonderful Artist Co-op, which is a great place. If you haven't joined or visited the Artist Co-op, you absolutely should. It's right in Midtown on 52nd Street. It is a beautiful space where you can go. It's basically like a uh, WeWorks or um, like a communal workspace for artists, and it is super affordable and awesome. So I hope that you will join me at the Artist Co-op on the 22nd. You can find a link to um, register for that class on my website, kate-lumpkin.com backslash no marking, which is my blog, but that is where the form is to register. Feel free to fill out that form. There are only 10 singer spots. Here's my thing. I did my research, friends. If you went to Harlem Public last night, you spent $9 on a beverage. I guarantee you probably had three beverages. So we're talking about $30. I bet you also then got a little hungry and got a cheeseburger, which was $13. All right, you are almost to the place where you have paid for this class. Anyone who has taken my class before knows it is a workshop. It is a safe space for people to work through their material, to work on what's in their book, to figure out how to actually master what's going on in that audition room and how to make sure that you feel like you are in control of your work. It is not a space just to like be seen and hand me your headshot. It is a space to work. So instead of going to Harlem Public one night next week, maybe take this class and invest in yourself and follow through. Just a thought. There are also 10 auditor spots. Actually, there are only nine. Nine auditor spots for $10 where you don't get to perform, but you can come and enjoy the class. It is from 7 to 10 on August 22nd. Again, visit my website to register for that class. Invest in yourself. Invest in your future. It's important. All right, Ravi. Oh, hey, I miss you too, friends. You're the best. Um, okay, so nobody's written me a question. I'm going to go to one of the questions that I received earlier this week. Um, this person asked me, they said that they were going in for a national tour that uh, they were excited about, and they know their voice, and they know they're like a bass baritone, but they had been called in for the tenor track. And so they asked their representation if maybe they could be seen for the bass track instead. Yay, hooray! They asked for what they wanted, and they got it. They got an appointment for that track, but then they got a call back for the tenor track again. And it wasn't that they didn't want to do that part, but it's that they knew their instrument and they knew what was going on, and so they were a little disappointed. So then they went in and they sang the tenor track, and they saw all the people who were waiting to go in for the very bass track and realized that they were all significantly taller than this person was. And the question really was, how married are casting and creative teams uh, to, you know, uh, type matching voice matching, you know, what's happened before. Um, and when is it good to like push those boundaries and to push someone to think beyond what it is? Now, 
My, this is a really great question, and my hope always, of course, is that, you know, if it's a new piece of theater, especially, um, that people will think outside of the box and will uh, try to bring people in that look like all sorts of different things, and hopefully a casting director is going to take the time to say, like, I hear what your prototype is, I hear who you think you want, and I can find people who are like that. Maybe also we challenge that and we bring in this person, right, to, to see what they might have to offer. That's my job, and hopefully, hopefully that's happening. I will say though, and I don't know what tour this was, I don't know how established it was, but if it's a show, right, clearly that has been around for a while or that they're doing replacements for the tour, um, there are a lot of things to consider, like costumes, like size, like uh, expectations of an audience, expectations of a creative team. So if height is something that plays into the show as well, like, you know, if you're doing Midsummer Night's Dream and the line is, uh, my legs are longer though to run away, the implication is that Helena is going to be taller than Hermia. If it's in the text, if it's text-based work, then, you know, there's clearly that's important. Um, when I was in that show in high school, I played Helena and we changed the text to say, my legs are stronger though to run away because I was definitely shorter than Hermia because I'm tiny. Um, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. You should honor the text and think about it. Um, though I had a great time in high school playing that part, let's be honest. So something to think about, though, is, you know, what are the expectations of an audience member? What are the expectations of the creative team? How much am I going to be able to challenge this? How long has this show been around? How long, you know, is this established? What number national is this? That kind of thing. Um, if it's a new work, if it's something you know, that's been around and you know that the creative team is trying to challenge their norms, like if it's a production of Oklahoma and they're doing something very different with it, um, you have every right to want to be seen for something and to ask to be seen for something. However, I will say, if you're at the place where it is a callback, where someone is giving you a callback, um, and they know, it's clear, they called you in for something specific, they gave you the opportunity to do something else, and now they've called you back for the thing that they originally asked you for, they know what they're looking for. It's very clear that someone on that creative team has a very specific vision in mind, and at that point, you just kind of have to honor it, right? Like if they've let you sing for the other track and it just wasn't what it was, but they've now called you back for this specific track that they had initially called you in for, it's like they they gave you an opportunity and they realized they were right in their mind. So at that point, you just kind of have to go with the flow and you have to sing as best you can and you have to do the work. Um, if it's like a total, you know, mess in the room, uh, I don't need you to say like, haha, I told you, um, you know, like I'm a baritone. I don't, I will know that in the space, but the reality is we, it's not just about your voice. It's about the whole package, right? It's about your energy, your look, your feel, all the things that you bring to the character. So at that point, um, you know, you did everything right. You asked for what you wanted. The creative team gave you an opportunity and then they realized, you know, what it was. So I think that's an answer to that question. So I hope that that was helpful. Um, does anybody else have questions for me? It feels like it might be a little bit of a slow night. We have some low numbers and not so many uh, interactions, which is totally fine. Um, it is a beautiful night in New York City, so I hope everyone is out doing awesome things. But if you do have a question for me, feel free to put it there. Oh, Kevin, just so much love. Just so much love. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, great. I got a question. Let's see uh, if I can open it. Let's see. It's coming. Actually, it's a question. That's coming. So I'm just going to, I'm going to vamp for a second until we get it. Oh, here we go. What do you recommend in moving past a job that you say have been in for many times before, get further than ever, get on hold for, and then don't get the job? Um, okay. So again, the question is, what do you recommend in moving past a job that you've been in for many times before, get further than ever, get on hold for, and then don't get the job? So here's the tricky thing in that situation. It's very clear, here's a couple things you should take out of that. And I, I just want to honor, first and foremost, how difficult that is. I, I cannot even imagine the struggle. I was talking about this this week, actually, when I was in Michigan, um, about people being put on hold and how hard that is and how devastating it can be when you're put on hold and then you say, like, you can't even audition for other things or you, um, you know, lose out on other job opportunities. 
it is an impossible process. And again, I just like honor and value performers, actors so much for the things that you have to go through. Um, and when something like this happens and you get your heart set on something and you continually get called back in and you're put on hold and all the things and then you don't end up getting it, that's devastating. That's, it's, it's truly devastating. And so I really honor that that is um, not an easy task to get through, to work past, to move on. However, here are a couple things that I think you should take out of that moment in time. So first and foremost, that means that the casting office that is continuing to bring you in sees so much potential in you, believes in you, believes in your craft, and clearly is fighting for you over and over and over again for this track, for this show, right? So you've already won in some respects because that means you are on a list, you are on this office's radar. Um, they clearly will know that you haven't booked this so that you're available um, for another project. So, you know, I always like to tell people, you, the goal of an audition at the end of the day is to, first of all, is to show up and do your job. But if you can win the room, even if you don't win the job, you won the day, right? So when you're continuing to be called back in for something, that means you've won the room. Um, there's so many things that go into those final decisions that truly, and I know everybody knows this, but like they truly have nothing to do with you. At that point, if you've been called back in multiple times and you're on hold, like you've done everything you can do. You really have. There's nothing else you can do at that point but wait, and you just never know what the thing is that's going to be the yes or the no. And it has everything to do with, you know, who they cast sitting next to you or, you know, have they made a promise to somebody else or politics or drama. There's just so many things. Um, so to take away from that moment, you really, you have to honor that you have won. You have won so many things because one contract is just one contract. But winning over an office and or an entire creative team, right, um, that there's so many people on that team. There's going to be way more than just one director. There's a music director, if it's a musical, right? There's a music supervisor. There's a choreographer. There's a dramaturg. There's so many people on that team, right? You've won at least one of them, if not 90% of them. They all are going to work on other projects. They're going to work on so many other things. And if you've won over the office, that office is working on multiple projects. I'm working on like 13 projects right now. Hey, yo. Okay. Um, but I am, right? And so just because you didn't book this one thing doesn't mean you haven't won the office. And I will speak for me because I can only speak for me. If there's someone that I feel like I have tried and tried and tried to get a job for, again, not that I... Casting directors, you have to remember, of course, have no final say in anything, right? Our job is to create opportunity and to try to filter opportunity into the right place, and then it's out of our hands. But if there's someone that I've really been fighting for that I've been going to bat for and it's just not hitting for this show, like, I'm going to make it a priority to try to figure out another thing that's going to work for this human. We care about you as human beings. We're invested in you as artists. Um, and everything in this industry is symbiotic, right? I can't do my job unless actors exist, period. I can't create the art that I want to be a part of unless I maintain relationships with people. So, of course, that's a part of part of the experience. So I would hope that if that's where you are and if you're frustrated and you just can't move past it and it feels like the thing that was so close and has left, um, just know, like, there are so many other projects, and I know that's like, there's so many other fish in the sea. Yeah, and I'm still swimming alone. I, I hear you, and I see you, and I value what you're saying. I really do, and I don't mean that in a patronizing way. And the truth is, I've never been on hold, right? I don't know what that feels like. I really don't. And I can't sit here and lie to you and be like, oh, I get it. I, I don't. I've never been in that position. As someone on the other side of that position, though, and having seen what it does to other people, I honor how much pain that must be be. Um, and I just would hope to remind you that we do care, we do respect your craft, and we are always working on other projects. So you've won the room, and I'm sure you've won a creative team member, which is going to serve you in the long run, because your career is not going to end today. It's just going to keep going. So there's that. Um, I hope that was helpful. Let me know. Uh, if you have any other questions, just feel free to uh, follow up. Um, okay, so Tyler says, if someone has a tattoo, should they cover it up for auditions or calls? Are there any instances where you'd want to show a tattoo? Hold on, let me take a sip of this. Mm. 
It's a LaCroix. Um, here's the thing about tattoos. I have a tattoo. I love my tattoo. Um, it's beautiful. And I really, really, really love other people who want to get tattoos and who have them. They're beautiful. And, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know my background, I actually studied personal adornment uh, and anthropology in school. And so I think a huge part of how we show who we are as humans is by how we dress and how we um, paint our bodies. So I respect the hell out of tattoos, and I think they're beautiful. However, I do think there are times where you don't need to show them. Uh, when you're coming in for shows. I think there are lots of shows right now that are, you know, contemporary beautiful shows where showing your tattoo really doesn't matter. I do think, though, if, you know, just be smart about it, right? Like, if you're going in for On the Town and you have a full sleeve, like, either you need to play up the fact that you're a sailor and that's a part of your gag in some way, shape, or form, like, give me a full, you know, cut-off t-shirt, or think about the period and, and think about who you are and find a way to cover things up. Um, I do, you know, I want people to be genuinely who they are, uh, for auditions. I, I want to know who you are. I want to know how you see the world. And when I see that someone has a tattoo, it, it tells me a lot about someone. And there have been many instances in a room where I'm like, what is that? It's so beautiful. And anytime I see a Deathly Hallows tattoo, I'm very excited. I'm not going to lie. I nerd out a little bit. Um, but I just think think about the call, think about the time, think about the um, time of the show, right? Think about the character that you're playing. If you are, like, I'm going to say on the town again because I know there are sailors. If you are going in for a specific, or actually, let's change it. So, like, let's say South Pacific. If you're going in for a specific uh, track in that show that you know is probably not rocking a full sleeve and you have one, just make sure to wear long sleeves and, and make yourself present as the thing you want to see. Um, but... At an open dance call for, you know, a show that is not period and is whatever, show whatever you want to show. Um, if it's, I would, though, take the time, if you have tattoos, both men and women, to learn how to cover them up properly. Like, do that now. Don't do that. Don't wait until the night before you have an audition for something that's specific, um, especially also, like, film and TV, right? If you're going in for a show... Uh, if it's pilot season and you're going in for a show that takes place in, like, 1920 and you have a huge chess piece, um, you're going to want to learn how to make sure you can cover that up well before pilot season so that you have the products, so that you're ready, so that you're prepared, so that you can, you know, make sure you are presenting how you want to present. So that's just something I would say. If you have a tattoo um, in a place that's really visible, make sure you know how to take care of it. Um, and just gauge it. Gauge the room. Um, you know, you guys know that I work for um, Celebrity Cruises. I work and help them do their casting in New York and around the country and in Canada. Um, and, you know, we have people fill out forms and we ask about tattoos on the form. If something like that happens, don't feel like you need to not put your information on there. Like, tell the truth. It's really just to gauge, you know, costumes and things that are showing and that kind of stuff. So any tattoo can be covered up. We have makeup for that. Um, just be thoughtful about the time period, yeah? Um, okay, does anybody else have questions? We are coming up on the, uh, the 30-minute mark. Oh, I've got one. All right, this is hard to read, so I'm going to pull it up on this. <laughs> My little eyes don't know how to read white on white on this Ecamm thing. So, okay. Um, I took some time off auditioning regularly to reorient my art and passions. Good for you. Uh, and I want to get back into the game. The part I'm most worried about is the sense of having been off the map and the whole what have you been working on type question. Advice on fielding, oh, reigniting this whole thing. First and foremost, hey girl, I'm so glad you're here and I'm really glad that you took time for you. The number one most important thing that any artist, especially actors, can do is take time to understand who they are, what they care about, what they're passionate about, and then how to apply that to their art. So if you were not feeling it and you needed to take some time to like relearn about yourself and refigure out why you're passionate about this, I think that is the smartest thing that anybody can do. It's way smarter than staying in something because you think you're supposed to right? It's way smarter to take the time to learn about stuff about yourself than it is to stay in something because you're scared you're going to get off the map and then burn out, be sad, and walk away forever. So I really honor that, and I'm really, really, really glad that you did that. Here's the deal. Um, I have this kind of theory that unless you are the most well-established diva, right, um, there 
you haven't really gone off the map. I mean, if you wrote a lot of offices saying like, I'm out, I'm leaving New York, never write me again, well then this is gonna be a different, you know, that's a different kind of conversation. But I think the truth is, just come at it again. Like, take the time to make sure that your headshots still look like you, that your resume makes sense, um, and be strategic about who you're meeting and what you're submitting for. Um, and the truth is, people are going to ask you because people are boring and have no creativity in their mind. And the first question they're always going to say is, so what do you do? What are you working on? What project are you working on? And it makes me bonkers bananas. If anybody in this world can just be a thinker, please, and the next time you talk to an actor or an artist, don't ask them what they're working on. I always ask people, how do you fill your days? It's super simple, and people are always completely thrown off by it, like, what does that mean? How do I fill my days? You can be more creative than what are you working on. Just a thought, because it's annoying as hell when someone says, oh my god, which show are you working on? And you're not working on right now. And that's totally valid, because nine out of ten actors are not working on a show right now. They're working on getting a show, because that is their full-time job. Okay? So why make people feel inferior or insecure by asking them what show they're working on? I beg of you, I implore you to ask something along the lines of, how do you fill your days? It's so simple, and if someone wants to answer by talking about their show, great. If they want to say, I fill my days by reading and, and running, and I nanny, and I do all sorts, then they are empowered to talk about themselves. So first and foremost, that's just my, my ask of you all this week, is to be more thoughtful about the questions that you ask other people in this industry, because words are important. Okay, so then in terms of uh, fielding that question for maybe people who aren't quite so sensitive or thinkers, um, I think you're wholeheartedly allowed to say, I, what have I been working on? I've been working on this huge project and it's called my life and it's called figuring out what I wanted and how to apply that to the art that I wanted to create. And I realized that I was not at a good place in terms of who I was or what my performance uh, desires were. And so I've been working on some really interesting projects. I've been doing this thing and this thing and this thing and fill in the blanks. You know, we live in a world now where the expectation of being in one thing or doing one thing forever it's kaput. Nobody stays at the same company for more than two years. Everybody's an entrepreneur. And in this industry, nobody stays at the same company for more than two years. And everybody's an entrepreneur. So you have every right to say, I was working on other things, right? Um, that conversation is going to be very specific with your represent representation team. Um, if you have them and if you left them, uh, that conversation might not be quite so easy. So that might be something that you and I talk about behind the scenes, sweet love. Um, but in terms of like, how do you get started again? You just do it. You start submitting yourself for projects online. You start showing up for open calls. You reach out to all the people that you had connections with. You know, everyone knows I'm a huge fan of the spreadsheet, right? So if you haven't made your spreadsheet with all the people that you know and all the, you know, theaters that you have, uh, relationships with, you know, I call it the relationship spreadsheet. You better make it, honey. You better write everybody's name in there and their contact information. And send out a, you know, an email to people saying, hey, I'm back. I'm so excited to start working. Please let me know if there are any creative projects you're working on. I would love to get in on that. Or if you need any help with anything, just let me know. I'm here. Always, if you're asking something of someone, make sure you couple it with something that you can provide for them. Because people love when you can help them with something and then they genuinely want to help you back. It's really important. Um, in terms of, uh, what is it, sense of having been off the map. Oh, just like one more final thought about this question, which is a really, really, really great question. Um, there is no map. Like, there's no map. It doesn't exist. Um, you know, my dear friend Nate Bertoni started this incredible, incredible program um, called Discover Here, which if you don't know about it, you should absolutely look it up. Uh, you can participate in Discover Here at the Lululemon Hub in New York City. Um, but he likes talking about uh, maps and how we look at them to figure out where we're going and we very rarely discover here, like where we are. You are here. This is who you are. Um, and I just think that's so true in real life, but I also think in this industry, like, there is no map. You have to discover here, and where you are, that's it. So you got to move forward and not move backwards. 
you are not off any map, sweetie. You are still on your map, and that's the only map that counts. So there is that. Um, okay, does anybody else have questions for me? I can keep talking about this all day long. Um, but I would love it if anyone else has a thought um, or a question about something they've read recently or about auditions coming up or about clothing or about college or about college auditions or anything else. Audition season is coming up. Oh, I will say, uh, you guys have asked me a lot about Rent the Runway. That is something that um, I talk about for my ladies for audition season. I did put a code on my Facebook page uh, that allows you to get 25% off your first order there for your unlimited. So you should check that out if you're interested in uh, unlimited clothing uh, for audition season. You should absolutely check that out. It is a really great program and you can get a discount if you check out my Facebook page. It should be listed there in one of my statuses, a couple statuses ago. Um, all right. It looks like I'm not getting any more questions. Uh, I can keep talking or I can head out. So if somebody else has a thought, feel free. I am a free resource right now. I will answer literally anything. So if you have a question, um, now's the time to answer it or to ask it, not to answer it. Or if you have an answer, throw that up there too. I did just want to, um, while I'm waiting for another thought, uh, I did just want to put out into the universe um, a reminder about mental health and wellness right now um, we are getting to a place where a lot of people are coming back from their gigs that they have been doing this summer and they were very excited to be working and very happy and now you are about to get back into the grind of having to get the job um, and I know that can be a really, really, really hard time for a lot of people, going from doing the thing that you love every day to fighting for it again. Um, and I just want to remind people that if that is something that is hurting them, or if that's not the problem but something else is hurting them, it's always appropriate to ask for help in any way, shape, or form. So if there's somebody that um, you need to talk to or want to talk to, now's the time. It's really important. Uh, don't... Don't be alone and don't, don't sit in silence. Just a thought. Um, how's married life? It's awesome. I'm two weeks into it. I still think Craig is the bee's knees. I really love him. And we had the best time at my wedding. It was pretty solid. It was a great group of people. Our first dance was under the Brooklyn Bridge, under the stars. It was pretty magical. And being married is awesome. Oh, my cat is here and wants to say hi. Um, okay, looks like we have another question that maybe isn't about my marriage, but if you have more about that, please, please ask. Um, all right, so um, let's see. Uh, Morgan says, <clears throat> that's me. Uh, Morgan says, why can't I read this? So frustrating. Morgan says, when, when someone is going into an audition for a general, and they're right for more than one show, but the shows are completely different styles. Any thoughts on advice on what to lead with? This is a really great question. This is like, if you're going in for uh, summer stock season and there are like four shows, uh, what do you lead with? Well, first and foremost, I say you really need to evaluate who you are and who you think you live in in that season of shows, right? So it's gonna be very obvious um, what you actually believe you can do. Vocally, aesthetically, um, don't make any sort of assumptions necessarily about what the creative team has decided because you never know what their kind of vision of the piece is. But in general, you can read a breakdown and figure out where you think you might fit. So if that's the case, then I say evaluate the music that you already have in your book. And again, you guys know how I feel about books. If you're not doing the work in Updating your book every six months, you're not doing your job. If you're still singing stuff that you did in college, it is time to reevaluate. Even if you just graduated from college in May, it's time to reevaluate. Um, so, you know, look at your book, figure out what you have that kind of fits in the world. The truth of the matter is, that initial is nine times out of ten going to be gauging your energy, who you are, how you fit in, um, and listening to the kind of vocal quality that you have. So, for me, for my money, um, I would sing something that made me feel awesome. Something that fits within the world. Like, look, if the shows are, if you're going in for a season and it's like Newsies, 
wants South Pacific and the wedding singer, right? We have like 80s pop, we have um, like folk musical theater, we have R&H, and we have, uh, what was the other show I said? I don't even remember. Uh, Newsies, right? So like Alan Menken Broadway. Um, I need you to evaluate where your voice lives. Are you more in that folk and 80s pop space? Are you more in that like lyrical R&H space? Are you a contemporary MT? Grab the music that fits in that world, fits your voice, and sing the hell out of it. Whatever makes most sense for you, makes you feel most confident, that is what you should go for in that initial. Um, you know, clearly if the whole season is all like folk acoustic sounding music, don't go in with something that doesn't match that, but find the thing that's closest to that and really, really, really hone in, focus on it and sing the thing that makes you feel awesome. If you're going in for a huge season, let them know who you are and then let them take that thing and, and point it in the right direction of what their shows and what their visions of the shows are. Um, because what you think might be like who they're looking for, for a Nellie Forbush you really don't know. You don't know what that creative team is thinking about doing with Nelly. So don't try to tell us how to do our jobs. Show us who you are and then give us the opportunity to apply it to the vision of the team. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, let me know if that made sense if you have any follow-up questions, okay? Uh, James says, how should you get back into the industry when, you have, when you've been out for a while? Yes, that definitely does echo Christina's question. I think the truth is, here's the deal about this industry. Um, there are established players and there are constantly new people being brought to the forefront. If this is something that you are wildly passionate about and you understand the sacrifices that you're going to have to make in order to do this, you're allowed to jump back into the pool anytime you want. But you are going to have to, to quote, uh, skylight the play. You have to put some chips down to play at this table. Um, and if you're not willing to pay with your own time and your own effort, then fuck off. Um, and that's really the truth. So you're allowed to come back and start anytime you want. You're allowed to try anytime you want. However, you have to understand the realities of what you're doing and how much of a struggle it's going to be and a fight it's going to be. You're going to have to have grit and you're going to have to have passion and, and punch in order to make it happen at any stage, especially if you've taken a break. But if there's nothing else you'd rather do and if this is, if this is it, then you've got to do it or you're going to regret it forever. However, you have to know it's not easy and it's hard. So how do you start? You start. Get headshots, have a website, start submitting yourself, show up for open calls, tell people you're here, let people know you're active and you want to be doing this. Um, create your own work. Put yourself out there. Do the work. That's all you can do, man. That's, that's it. So that's how I feel about that. Um, so for theater, there are a lot of open calls. You can go and audition, but for film and TV, when you meet agents, they want you to have credits. And the question is, how can you get auditions to get the credits if you don't have the agent to submit you in case you do have a reel to show off your work? Okay, this is absolutely the catch-22 that everybody talks to me about. How can I get an agent if I don't have, you know, credits? How can I get credits if I don't have an agent to submit me? Woof. You're right. In theater, there's more opportunity in that there are open calls and, and there are ways for you to be seen um, without being submitted for something. I mean, first and foremost, you can submit yourself for projects that are film and TV. You can do that without an agent. You can do that online. Um, and there are definitely opportunities to do that. And if you do have footage, any kind of footage, even footage of you just reading sides with your iPhone, make sure that footage is available online so that someone can click very easily and see what it is that you do. Um, it is very, very, very important that people can see what you do. I am the first person to say, I think that's more important than what's on a resume most of the time. I want to be able to see that you can, can consistently do the work. So uh, in terms of how do you talk to an agent about stuff that you don't have, that's a very, very, very specific question. And I, it's something that you need to talk to an agent or a manager about. Uh, what I will say, though, is there are opportunities to get work, to get a reel, to get credits that you don't need an agent for. There are tons of student films that you can, um, you know, submit yourself for. Everybody, everybody can create footage now. The camera on your iPhone is an absolutely brilliant camera. The film Tangerine was literally made on an iPhone, okay? So at the end of the day, 
write something, create something, put it on film, even if it's just a scene, build something. Yes, a reel is so much better when, of course, it's like clips of you on Law & Order and like a clip of you on Bones and like a clip of all these things, of course. But at some point, you have to get your face on film. You have to get yourself footage. And while people who are cynical or jaded or whatever might roll their eyes at something, they still will be able to see your talent. So take the time to create footage for yourself um, and definitely submit for projects that you don't need an agent to submit for. Um, and continue trying to meet agents. And, and we've talked a lot about how to do that. If you go back and listen to other office hours, um, you can find those, of course, on my professional page, on my personal page. You can Google Kate Lumpkin Office Hours, and you can listen to the podcast. If you go to iTunes, you can get that. Um, you can find uh, all those podcasts. I think I looked back, and there are like uh, 22 of them now, or 25. So there are 25 hours worth of talking about um, how to acquire an agent. So check that out. I hope that was helpful. If you have a follow-up question, let me know. Um, Sarah says, hey, Kate. Hey, girl. How are you? Um, my question is, how real is the blacklist for a casting director or creative team? Um, I recently made some career decisions for myself that caused me to leave projects, and I'm fearing burning some bridges. I'm confident they were the right choices for me, but as an empath, ooh, I feel you, and an actor, we all want to be liked by everyone. They've left me in the wake with uh, some uneasy feelings. Thanks, as always, for your input, and look forward to meeting you at Generals. Well, first and foremost, I cannot wait to meet you at Generals. Uh, there are still some slots available for my Generals. Uh, you can find those uh, on my Calendly link on my page. If you want to meet with me for 10 minutes, you absolutely can for free. Just sign up for a General. Oh, my cat is freaking out. There's something in the backyard. Woo um, in terms of your question, here's the deal. What is he... What's happening, buddy? Are you okay? All right. Um, here's the thing. The blacklist in terms of uh, casting and creative teams, it's going to be different for everybody. I cannot speak for, buddy, please stop. Thank you. <laughs> I cannot speak for other people. Um, I really don't know what's going on. He's freaking out. Uh, I really can't speak for other people. I don't know how other people work or how other offices uh, deal with that. For myself, there are people who I've given second and third and fourth chances to, and sometimes at some point you just think, I cannot give people chances anymore. Nine times out of ten, I still do. I'm a softie, though. When it comes to creative teams and creative people, we all know people hold grudges, people get fickle about things, bridges are burned. You have to do the best that you can. If it's a bridge that you feel like you really want to repair, you need to be in charge of sending an email and saying, I understand what I've done. Um, please know moving forward if there's anything that I can do to be helpful, um, I can try to do that. At some point, though, if a creative relationship is, is done, it's done. We know that people in this industry have deep, deep feelings about things. We are passionate beings. And some people have a lot of problems separating the work from the human and from the well-being of a human from the work that they're doing. Um, and so I will say, um, at some point, you can't convince everybody to like you. You just can't. It's impossible. Um, and I struggle with this every day. I'm an empath like you too. The reality is people aren't always going to get what you're serving, and you have got to take care of yourself. So if you feel like you did the right thing in leaving that project, you're right. You probably did burn some bridges. It's true. Depending on the timing, depending on who was doing it, depending on how passionate the person is who was creating the project or whatever you were working on, I am sure, I guarantee you, in fact, that there is someone on that team who will not hire you again. And I know that's a tough pill to swallow, but it's also real life. The best thing you can do moving forward is know that you did what was right for you, you know that you told them why you were doing what you were doing. You felt like you did. You said your piece. And then you just have to move forward. Because the reality is not everybody's going to like you. And you are definitely 100% going to burn bridges. I have. I 100% know people don't like me. And I 100% know that I have burned bridges. And the reality is I feel like I am in a safe and healthy and happy place. I feel like I made all of those decisions for the right reasons at the right time. Looking back, some of them might not have been the right decisions. But you know what? We're here. We are where we are now. And I guarantee you there are still people who don't like me based on decisions that I made when I was like 20 years old. And you know what? That's fine. 
Because at the end of the day, there are millions of people in this world. There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of artists who are creating. And at some point, we just have to let go of the fact that everyone's going to like us. Because they're not. It doesn't matter if you are the prettiest, kindest, most generous, most wealthy, perfect, creative, Sondheim-brained, Academy Award-winning, size negative zero human. All these things that you think are going to make you amazing, eh, someone's still not going to like you. Someone's still going to think you're a hack. Someone's still going to think your body is awful. Someone's still going to think you're not cute. It doesn't matter. Someone's not going to like you, and you've definitely burned a bridge. So, I know that's probably not what you want to hear, but the reality is as long as you've covered your bases and you've taken care of yourself, you are the only person you're going to live with for the rest of your life. That's it. Every other creative team, shows are going to close, creative teams are going to move on, creative people are going to decide to go do something else or they're going to work on another project. The bridges will burn. You will no longer be able to cross into that island, but I guarantee you there's a volcano under the ocean building another island closer to you anyways. So keep doing you, keep making sure that you're healthy, keep making sure that you're making decisions that make you a good person and make you feel like you are a healthy, happy person, and do everything in your power to ensure that the person that you are leaving understands why you're leaving. Put it in writing. Make sure you have some sort of established thing that says, in writing, this is why I had to leave, this is the reason. And that way, if someone doesn't understand, it's fine. But you have proof that you've said your piece and you've done your thing. And you know what? If you have to leave in a shit storm and it's a negative thing and it's not a sweet email and it's whatever, that's also okay too. You've got to take care of you, period, the end. And if you're not being taken care of, if you are not being served, if you can't fix the situation, which I'm sure you tried to do, you've got to get out. And you're going to burn bridges. I had this conversation with a dear friend today. Bridges were burned. Things That means you can't work at a certain place. Okay. There are other places, I promise. I hope that was helpful. Uh, if you have any follow-up to that question, sweetie, please tell me now. Um, this is a really important topic for me because I am someone who is absolutely a people pleaser. Ooh, girl, I love to make sure people are happy, and I hope that people are happy with me. But I am learning, learning every day. Every day I am practicing the art of vulnerability and learning that some people just don't get it and aren't going to like me. And you know what? Say lovey. That's that's it. That's the truth. And in this industry, everyone has an opinion about everything. Everyone should have an opinion about everything. That's what makes art. That's what makes art interesting and good and valuable and something that should be done. Um, so let people let people let the bridge burn. You know. Um, Oh, good. Girl, we will chat all about it later, I promise. Good. I'm so glad. I can't wait for that chat. Uh, you just you just let me know. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of a reminder to all of you, though, who are watching. Like, it's okay for people not to like you. Everyone who won a Tony Award this year got just as much hate for it as they did love for it. And that's just something to remember all day, every day. Every supermodel on the cover of Sports Illustrated, someone thinks they're not cute. Everybody who loves Sondheim... There's 20 people who hate him. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of genius you are. You cannot please everybody. You just can't. Believe me, I've tried. It surely doesn't work. Uh, okay, it looks like I got a comment. Um, the important thing, too, for her is to make sure not to talk badly about the people she had to walk away from. Ooh, Bobby. Yes, this is very important. I'm so glad you said that. There is no reason for you, and there shouldn't be any reason, for you to talk negatively about the team. Unless, the only case I will say that sometimes somebody should talk about something is if there was some sort of harassment, especially sexual harassment, emotional harassment, any of that, that needs to be talked about and needs to be dealt with, especially, you know, with your union representatives or something along those lines. I do think that deserves to be talked about. However, if it was just you didn't see eye to eye or something or the timing didn't work out or you had to deal with something else, there's no need to talk smack about anybody. Just move on cleanly, right? And if anybody says what happened, you just say... It didn't work out. I'm, I, everything, you know, we're moving forward, right? I could not agree with you more, Bobby, 100%. There is no reason to smear somebody else's name because it didn't work out. 
Um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't speak up, though, if something is happening to you that is inappropriate. If someone is treating you inappropriately or if something happened that makes you very uncomfortable or you feel like it's something that needs to be reported, you have every right to say something. It doesn't need to be spread like, you know, wildfire crazy, but you have rights to talk to your representatives and your union. If you're not a member of the union, there are people to talk to. So please make sure that... Um, that I want to make sure that that's clarified because I think a lot of people are scared to talk about things like that. And the reality is, if we don't talk about things like that, they will not change. They will not change. And we have to be brave to make change. So, just that. But if it wasn't that, there's no need. Don't talk, don't talk crap about people. Just move forward. Because everyone, I guarantee you, is just doing the best that they can. And sometimes that doesn't um, meet our high standards, but... You don't understand what they're going through. Everyone's just trying to get through it. Because it's hard. It's hard these days to get through it. Just putting that out there. Um, does anybody else have any questions for me? Uh, it's close to wrapping up time. Um, but I just want to make sure if anybody else has any final burning questions for me, I'm here to take them. Um, oh, it looks like I'm about to get another comment. Oh! It's just a thumbs up. Um, so, okay, if anybody has any questions for me, please feel free. I am going to do my wrap-up for now. Um, I think you guys are all incredible humans. Anyone who's joining me today via video or my podcast later, it takes a lot of bravery and courage to do this job, to be a creative human, and to actively pursue your dreams. A lot of people wish they could do what you're doing, and I just want to remind you that if you are not pursuing it with your whole heart, you are allowed to change your mind and make decisions every day of this life. You do not have to get stuck in something that you don't want to do. You are not a failure if this is not what you want to do. Please, please, please feel free to change your mind actively and often. However, if this is something that you love and you want to pursue to the umpteenth degree, you better invest. Stick your heels in the ground and you better fight, fight, fight for your right to create art. Because nobody is just going to hand it to you. That's real life. That is the real truth. So do everything you can in your power to fight to create. It's wildly important to tell stories. Um, I think you all are the sun and the moon. I hope that you get to create a lot of beautiful stories this week and I Cannot wait to talk to you again next Sunday on Office Hours from 6 to 7 o'clock right here on Facebook Live. If you or anybody else uh, is interested in listening to the podcast version of this, you can find me at iTunes, Google, or Google, search for Office Hours with Kate Lumpkin on iTunes. Subscribe. Please also feel free to rate and write comments. The more often that you do that, the more people are going to find this and hopefully be helped out by it. Uh, also, if you want to register for my class on the 22nd of August, you can go to my website and register there. Or if you want to coach with me or sign up for a general, you can also find all that information on my website. If you want more information on Discover Here or the Artist Co-op, feel free to put those into your Facebook search and they'll pop right up. They're both really valuable programs. And I hope you all have an incredibly creative and valuable 